Welcome to That's Your Opinion. And you're wrong. Hello. Hi. We're here. We're here. We're doing it. Finally. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. But before we drop in too far, um, let's give some trigger spoiler warnings for the audience. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. We will be talking uh, and diving into details of the film and the play Dear Evan Hansen. That's uh, so what we're here for today, talking about our opinions related to that. Also, some uh, trigger warnings. We will and or maybe speaking about substance use, uh, suicides, suicidal thoughts, and also it may be triggering to be wrong. So I just want to put that out there too. These are things that we're going to cover today and we just want to make you aware of as our audience. Definitely. And you will be wrong and that's okay. It's okay. That's what we're here for. Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we need support through that. Yeah. So we're going to introduce ourselves, um, but first, just so people know, this has been a long time in the coming. Yes. Um, that's your opinion and you're wrong. But it all became because of Dear Evan Hansen. Gosh, it was a long time ago that we watched that in the movie theater and just sort of looked at each other and was like, what just happened? We had so many thoughts, so many feelings, and then it just became post-processing over weeks and months. And now I don't even know how many years it may have been. I feel like it's been like at two. least a year, two yeah, years. Maybe. I, I believe you. It's probably been two years. So, yeah, yeah. Long time coming. Long time coming. And it also learned turned into we have a lot of things we just talked about mm -hmm. that are contrary opinions. Yep. And we need people to know that they're wrong. Yes. And we were so fired up when we went online and found out how many people are absolutely wrong about this film, about the casting, about just how they see the plot and what it means and how it's shallow or um, not meaningful or... Or the bad guy wins, which yeah, we're going to dive so much mm, into all of this. All of this. I have so many feelings. This is kind of a response to doing justice to Dear Evan Hansen, but also an intro for what this podcast is going to be about and the flow. Yeah. So, intros. Hi, <laughs> I'm Marquez. <laughs> um, I am an Aries. <laughs> I love it. I am originally from Louisiana, grew up in the deep south. Um, I've lived lots of places. Um, Chicago. I currently live on the west coast. Um, I have degrees in psychology, um, and I don't know how much that's going to apply for the podcast, but I think we'll definitely dip into some pieces around that, um, psychology, mental health, queerness, mm -hmm. just, um, different opinions and how we don't all have to agree all the time, um, except for our opinions, because our opinions are correct. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> And I think, you know, you'll probably learn more about my story and stuff as time goes on. But I think, yeah, I think we'll start, I think we'll start there. Love it. I love that you just like came right in with the astrology. So my name is Miriam. I'm going to copy Marquez because, you know, Marquez has great ideas and they're right. Uh, I'm a Libra. Don't ask me what my rising or my moon sign or any of that is. Um, I have ADD, so I'm forgetful with that. But I was born in Ohio, grew up all over because my dad was in the Foreign Service, so moved every two to four years. I'm also in the mental health field as a social worker, 
And so, yeah, some of my perspective on this movie and other things is informed by my passion for promoting mental health and just interest in that and psychology and so many things to do with human nature. I think humans are wildly frustrating, beautiful, and fascinating all at the same time. Uh, I'm also a care bear in a human body and queer. So I'm sure that will somehow come up because how can it not? It's a vital part <laughs> of, of Miriam's experience. Uh, the queer, queer care, bear. care bear. It's true. It's, it's vital. <laughs> it's a new identity, queer care bear. It's so specific. I love it. Let's just just let us know if you identify also as a queer care bear because I think we, we can start that as yeah. a vibe. Love it. Um, also, I forgot I use they, them pronouns. Ah, she, her. So, yes. Thanks. So we thought, let's just start with a brief overview of what Dear Evan Hansen is even about. Mm-hmm. What is the story about at all? Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually funny because if you've never seen Dear Evan Hansen, but you've only ever heard the songs, you probably have a very different mm. idea of what the story of the musical is. Very true. And it's so interesting you say that because with musicals, the songs are so integral to it. And when I think about the movie or um, seeing the play with you recently, I don't necessarily think about the songs. I really think about the themes and if, you know, this was real life and we saw this playing out, like if we were one of those characters experiencing this in high school, what would that feel like? I think the music adds to that. But it's one of those rare musicals where I just don't jump to the songs as top of mind, which I usually do. It's also part of why I don't typically always love musicals. But this, I feel like it just enhanced and kind of added to what they were trying to portray. But I don't know if you had that same experience. Um, I'm a musical theater nerd. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I always start with finding the songs and I read all the lyrics and... But I agree, like, usually if you are watching a musical, if you read the lyrics, you know exactly what the play is about. Yeah. You can go straight through it, you know exactly. But they do such a good job of kind of burying the lead. They do. In Dear Evan Hansen, even though the lead is immediately visible once the play starts. <laughs> so for those that haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen um, and don't care about spoilers, basically the story is about a um, young man in high school well, I'm pretty sure he's a senior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a senior. he's a senior, I think. Um, and his name is Evan Hansen. And Evan has some not great experiences with his mental health going on. Um, in the beginning, you see him uh, fulfilling around with some medication. Um, and he's super anxious about going to school for his senior year. Um, and his mother comes in and asks him, are you writing those letters? and the letters are supposed to start with dear evan hansen and he's supposed to tell himself something positive that's going to happen um and we get the insinuation that he has not been doing this consistently so we go to school and uh evan not going great. Um, and we'll talk about, too, there's a difference between the movie and the musical. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the differences that kind of pops in of how this kind of part of the story goes. But um, he goes to school and you meet another character whose name is Connor. Connor Murphy. 
and Connor is, you know, that kid that you had in high school that was just infamous. Mm-hmm. And people didn't understand Connor. They also didn't want to mess with him. He was mysterious, yet scary, yet cool. People had a lot of opinions about him, but no one really actually knew him. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to know him for lots of reasons, mostly because he seemed to be inaccessible um, due to coolness and just general overall emo vibes. But also there was a wall that Connor was putting up. So it was kind of this two-way street of just he wasn't really able to be known. Uh, and I think that we'll talk more about that later. I think that made Connor feel really isolated, but yeah, the school didn't really as a whole, people didn't know him. No. Um, and it's also kind of heavily insinuated that Connor has had very obvious behavioral issues Mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and that also seems to play into people just really not wanting to be near him. He, people, people were scared of him. Yeah. Just, yeah. Didn't want to be bullied. Sometimes you saw him bullying people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So Evan goes to school. First day is not great. And he goes to the library to write a letter. It says, Dear Evan Hansen, today actually wasn't great. <laughs> um, kind of talking about this. And during this, he talks about his crush, Zoe Murphy. <laughs> Connor's sister. Connor's <laughs> sister. <laughs> Who seems to be a grade younger than Evan and Connor probably should have been a grade above Evan but he had been held back so they're all in high school at the same time um so Evan prints out this letter and Connor gets the letter and Connor goes up to Evan and notices that Evan has a cast on and no one has signed his cast Mm -hmm. all day so Connor says well I'll sign your cast. And Evan tries everything in his power for this to not happen. (laughs) Um, But Connor grabs the uh, Sharpie, writes Connor huge Mm -hmm. on the cast, takes up most of the space, and then says a line that I think Mm. really kind of sets up how Darren Hansen's going to go. Connor says to Evan, look, now we can both pretend that we have friends. Mm. Connor then looks at the letter and sees that it says Zoe in it, reads the letter, proceeds to get very upset because he thinks that um, Evan is playing a trick on him and he runs out and takes the letter with him. So we're going to go into more details of the story as we're talking about it. Um, But the important thing to know at this point is that Connor um, does then proceed to die by suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, And on his body or wherever he was found we never actually know how he dies by suicide yeah um they find the letter that says dear evan hansen and this starts the entire musical yeah so thinking of that what are your impressions of this like just i'm curious like just starting Mm -hmm. out knowing this what what were your first thoughts about this i think it i felt so much for the parents because the parents end up talking to evan because they get the impression that this note 
can I kind of connect at Evan as a friend, maybe the only real friend that their son had. And they're going through shock and grief. And I just think that whether or not somebody dies by suicide and there is a note or not, that is such a hard thing for the family and everyone involved. And it's like this note that ended up being this thing that Evan was trying to do for himself and in support of his own mental health starts this chain of events that changes not only his life forever, but so many other lives. So it's really interesting how this note is taken out of context and, and things just spiral very rapidly out of control. Very rapidly. And I think that's such an important point to note that um, at the beginning, and this might change as time goes on, but at the beginning, Evan never meant mm-hmm. for this note to serve as anything other than just an assignment to his therapist. Yeah. But it rapidly, rapidly changes from that point. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with you at that point. I felt really strongly for um, Connor's parents. I also felt very strongly for Evan mm-hmm. in there's a line that um, Connor's mother says where she says, we all want to hear what you have to say. Mm. Which the very first song in the musical, um, Waving Through the Window, the recurring line in that in that song is, um, will I ever make a sound? Did I ever make a sound? Insinuating that... Mm. This uh, young man, Evan, has never felt heard, never felt seen, never felt included in anything in his entire life. Right. Yeah, he's felt alone for a long time. And even just the symbolism of him writing that note to himself and how alone he felt and how it took him a lot to just write that. (laughs) And I feel like he just did a lot on his own. And I think thought that that was his fate, that for the foreseeable, that would be all he would be able to do. And any interaction he had, he was so anxious, he couldn't really put himself out there. Any chance he has that we see interacting with his peers, it doesn't matter what the potential could be. It's just awkward and messy and sweaty and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just just full of perspiration it is just you just can feel the social anxiety just washing over his whole body he literally struggles to function Mm -hmm. so to be thrown into this chaos as it goes on it's a wild ride Mm -hmm. and i can't imagine how that would have felt for him so yeah i think that in the movie and um, especially in the film versus the musical, I feel like in the movie you really feel so much for the family and other folks. And I think later we're kind of pulled back into Evan's world and how, what this all means for him. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good point. Yeah. And and like to highlight too, the, the first lyric you hear out of the entire, well, out of the movie, you hear a different first lyric for the, uh, the musical, but uh, the first lyric for Waving Through a Window is, I've learned to slam on the brake before I even turn the key, before I make the mistake, before I leave with the worst of me. Mm. Which just shows Evan has almost zero confidence. Yeah, self-esteem at 
we're, we're running on empty. Like fumes. Yeah, fumes. fumes. Just nothing there. Nothing there. <laughs> so um, he talks to the parents and the parents invite him to dinner to talk more about Connor. And this is where we meet, um, really actually meet Connor's parents. So Mr. Murphy, Mrs. Murphy, and Zoe. And I think Mrs. Murphy is actually very interesting mm-hmm. during during this time period, during this part of the show. She is reeling from Connor's loss. And I get this sense, and I think it was even more um, intense in the musical, and we'll get more into kind of comparison on this later, but she is desperate desperate starving for any evidence that her son had happiness in his life that his life was better than she knew in her heart that it was that he wasn't suffering as much and it's almost like now that he's really gone in her mind she's like well you know this is this is the proof that his life was that bad she wants to make it better and in this way in her own way she's trying so hard to get evan to say anything to give her some comfort Mm -hmm. and no matter what he says she's just pulling and pulling for more and more as if she's never had that and it's just all this pressure Mm -hmm. on him i remember just feeling so tense with that dinner scene of gosh that sounds like an awful place to be if i was evan having to recount all these things that didn't even happen Mm -hmm. because the mom is so obviously upset. Mm -hmm. And in particular in the movie, Amy Adams does an amazing Mm -hmm. job. Just that look of hunger Mm -hmm. and that just eating every single part of Evan Mm -hmm. as he's giving it to her. And, and it's amazing to watch. And it's, it's also to, to note too, that you don't get this quite as fast in the movie, but you get this in the musical of Evan and his mother mm-hmm. don't have the best relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother is a nurse. She's a single mother. Um, she's been raising Evan by herself since her husband left when he was seven. Um, and because of this, she isn't home mm-hmm. very often. And part of what I think you can see happening with Evan and Connor's mom, whose name is Cynthia, um, He's getting a mother. Mm. He's getting a father. He's getting a family that yeah. he never thought he would have. Yeah. He's getting access to things he's never had before. And he's craved so much. So it's almost like he fulfills a mom's craving and he's like, okay, then I'll give you something to fill you up. And then he starts to get fed. Mm-hmm. His heart, his soul, you know, things that he's been missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we learn, and I think this is different between the movie and the musical. In the movie, we learn that um, Mr. Murphy is his stepfather, Connor's stepfather. And in the musical, that's not insinuated mm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that was made yeah. to change in that way, but... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get a lot about him at this point um, in the musical or the movie. Um, we see, actually see him trying very, very hard to not show emotions. 
mm-hmm. about any of this, um, which will change later. And then we get to Zoe. <laughs> and Zoe's interesting because yeah. Zoe very clearly remembers a specific version of her brother. Mm-hmm. One that she was her brother, you know, one where they weren't close where her brother was mean and would slam doors and cause a lot of issues. Threaten the killer. Yeah, yeah. Really, really serious stuff. And, you know, just anger. I sense anger from her of like, we're forgetting a lot of things about who Connor was and what he did, including what he did to her. Uh, I feel like she's alone in that and no one wants to talk about that no one wants to you know sort of sully that memory and and especially you know connor's mom again is just doubling down on what were the good things what were the things that we want to um and also just explain away you know oh he was hurting there's a lot of well you know life was hard just this mix of his life was so hard and also oh look he had one friend at least but look he only had one friend Mm -hmm. Who didn't exist. Yeah. (laughs) Who didn't exist. (laughs) Previous. Three days ago. Uh, Underline and bold that. Yeah. Um, Did not exist. Yeah. Zoe's mad. Zoe's furious. Yeah. And as you see Evan start telling this story, um, another interesting thing happens is um, as he's telling a story through the song, which is called For Forever, it originally starts with him just echoing things the family is saying. Um, like the mom and dad are talking about, oh, that orchard we used to go to. He's like, yeah, we went to an orchard and we went to this uh, ice cream parlor. We went to there too. Um, mind you, the orchard closed years ago. Years so. ago. It makes no sense. First clue. Um, <laughs> but, but then at a certain point, something interesting happens where Evan starts telling the story of how he broke his arm. Mm. And previously we knew that he broke his arm by himself, mm-hmm. falling out of a tree, and no one came to help him. Yeah. But at some point, ha- about halfway through the song For Forever, he starts explaining that Connor came and saved him. Hmm. That Connor came and took him to the hospital and cared for him. And I think at this point, you can note that this stops being solely to help the Murphys mm-hmm. and transitions into... No, this is going to help me too. If I can believe this, then I'm not alone. Very much. And I actually really like the way that Ben Platt like affectated that in the film in the way that his eyes just sort of lit up and he kind of got some more energy and he just seemed more excited like as he was talking about the details and you can just see something click in his brain of I'm convincing myself that happened. He's visualizing it and it is becoming possible. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting how quick that happened. And he's, you can see him starting to get bought into this whole story, this whole lie, mm-hmm. because he, in his own way, is so hungry for that reality that he wasn't alone, that mm-hmm. the reason he climbed that tree that day wasn't what it was. And mm-hmm. so... It's big. It's big for him because this is the first taste I feel like he's really gotten in his life mm-hmm. of that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's almost like addictive. Like yeah. He gets that feeling and he's like, this could be how I keep feeling. Mm-hmm. Could I have 
a life like this and he just gets curious and then gets carried away very quickly he's like a wilted plant mm, yes and the family gave him water mm. and he's suddenly like what yeah I can be this. I can have this family. I could have Mm. had someone come and save me from why I fell off a tree. Mm -hmm. What? So, yeah, yeah, I think this is where the story really starts changing, where you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then it flows into him saying that there's emails between him and Connor, which do not exist. We're going to keep saying this as as we're going through this. None of this is real. (laughs) Um the emails which goes into the most unhinged so it is song well that's not true i actually think um the song between him and zoe later on is is more unhinged yeah but um the song is very unhinged where they are making up him uh connor and his family friend (laughs) not real friend but family friend uh who's also a main character in the show are making up these uh emails and stories that apparently happened between him and Connor, where he was trying to convince Connor to be better and stop doing drugs and, like, get along with his family, which there's also an interesting thing about this of, like, so if this was true, if they were friends, if Mm -hmm. they were talking about these things, if Connor was getting better, why'd he kill himself? Yeah. Hmm. Which to me further demonstrates how much primarily Cynthia, Connor's mother, needed Connor to not have been miserable his entire life. Yeah. That she was willing to overlook mm-hmm. that glaring inconsistency. That this doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think... What about society's expectation, though, that you need a certain amount of friends? I wonder if that ties into it. Because I still think... There's this assumption that you, if you have that one person, that one friend, that it's not enough. I wonder how much that plays into it. I think it could. I, I think it really could be part of it of... It, it can't just be a duo, right? You have to mm-hmm. demonstrate that you have skills yeah. to make all these friends, to have all these connections. Also, you have to desire it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't desire it, there's something. there's something not right there. Yeah, but there is something that makes no sense about emails that would have been so vulnerable and so opening up because typically when you are like that depressed and just done with life, you could have one or ten friends. You don't believe anyone cares. No, which typically withdraw, isolate, or just get to the point where you're like, you know, I I, I just don't have the will in me to Mm -hmm. do that. But he had this email exchange that was about, yeah, I want to keep improving this or yeah, thanks for the tips, bud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. In doesn't terms of the context of the emails, it's it's really bizarre. But what you're saying about the depression is what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the reality of that Connor was withdrawing. Mm-hmm. He was not getting better. He, from when all from all indications, didn't didn't want to get better, mm-hmm. which seems to be the thing that his mother can't can't hold. No. And I I could you know not not a parent will mm-hmm. never be a parent. My kind don't reproduce. But I could 100% see her not wanting to accept that not wanting to hold that ultimately Mm. he didn't want to get better yeah yes and her and her husband everyone was investing so much time energy emotion into trying to make him better that this at least fulfilled some of that fantasy of um wait no but it was helping even a little look Mm -hmm. 
maybe I made a, a good impact. Maybe, you know, he felt good enough to at least reach out to his one friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Connor and, no, wrong, Evan and Jared, the, the friend, make up these um, letter uh, emails, give them to the, the Murphys, and you see his mom fall even deeper. Mm-hmm. Into, into delusion delusion and dependency mm-hmm. on Evan which leads to probably I think one of the more heartbreaking songs mm-hmm. Requiem oh, it um, is so sad where we see Zoe struggling with basically she's being gaslit mm-hmm. by Evan who Evan is saying no he was such a great friend and everything and Zoe's like what it's like are we talking about the same person he was my brother i lived with him who yeah because it's all lies <laughs> it made no sense and so i think that's hard for her to be grieving and dealing with the anger but then also just just like added fuel to the fire of mm-hmm. like you've got to be kidding me mm-hmm. and i want to point out some lyrics that are part of this uh, one because Requiem is a conversation between Zoe, her father, and her and her mother occurring in separate places but talking to the same effect. So Zoe starts off with why should I play this game of pretend remembering through a secondhand sorrow such a great son and wonderful friend. Oh, don't the tears just pour. Mm. So Zoe pointing out, I'm not sad about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder when other people see her do that, what their reaction is. Because I feel like some people have might have a really negative reaction to that. That she should feel more like her parents, right? Even though she has a different relationship. Well, her mother. Yeah, especially her mom. Because we'll get to Larry in a second. Mm-hmm. But I agree. And you see mm-hmm. Cynthia. Mm-hmm with her conversations of you refuse to see any of the good things. Mm. Yeah. You're wrong in your stubbornness almost. And you're being too harsh mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. And then she's saying, mom, you're being too easy on him. You're not seeing any of the reality of the bad or the things that were a struggle or that I struggled with. That's not working either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can see Cynthia, um, in her, her lyric, um, Hers goes, I hear your voice, feel you near. Within these words, I finally find find you. So speaking mm-hmm. to the emails. And now that I know that you are still here, I will sing no requiem tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think the, li- the line that hits me the most in this is within these words, I finally find you. Mm. So she was so unable to accept that Connor was the person that he was. That she's reading these emails, which do not make sense. <laughs> and now she has con- allowed herself to believe that now she sees her son. Now she sees who her son was. Her son wasn't this person that was yeah. dangerous and scary. No, her son had a friend. Hmm. It was better than she thought. That gives her some relief. The reality is too painful. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where in her heart she knows. I feel like there's some tiny part of her that knows this doesn't make sense. But it's overridden. Mm-hmm. By the grief. By that grief, yeah. Mm-hmm. By that pain. Mm-hmm. Just, 
I'll push that thought aside mm-hmm. that this doesn't sound like him at all mm-hmm. because there's a tiny glimpse of that. There's mm-hmm. like a tiny there's moment, moments. a tiny moment here or there where she's like, he had an email when he was emailing you. Mm-hmm. What email? Like just, just he sort of that. talked about you. He never talked about <laughs> you. I didn't know he had this email account. Like this isn't adding up. The minute she gets any other information, she just flashes onto it and it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And then the final piece we get is from dad, Larry. Mm -hmm. And Larry sings, I gave you the world, you threw it away. Leaving these broken pieces behind you. Everything wasted, nothing to say. So I can sing no requiem. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I think Larry is more aligned with Zoe, Mm -hmm. but they're still different. Zoe is mad. Larry gave up a long time ago. And Cynthia can't hold that Connor was miserable. Yeah, I think Larry knows. And is he contending mostly with the guilt, do you think, of the fact that his son didn't make it in now this other way? That he doesn't exist in this world in that way anymore? And that um, maybe he feels like he failed him? I wonder. That's what I got actually more from seeing it acted out in a musical. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think musical, um, he, Larry looks angry mm-hmm. at himself. Mm-hmm. In the play, mm-hmm. no, in the movie, mm-hmm. Larry looks angry at Connor. Right. Yeah, it's a little different flavor. Yeah. And this song ends with uh, Zoe kind of with herself. And it has this very interesting part where she kind of dives down and goes, um, why should I play the grieving girl and lie saying that I miss you and that my world has gone dark without your light? I will sing no requiem tonight because when the villains fall, the kingdoms never weep. No Mm. one lights a candle to remember. No, no one mourns at all. They lay them down to sleep. Zoe's not messing around. Zoe says exactly what's on her mind. I respect her for that. I respect her for that. Yeah. I respect her for really go- struggling with this mm-hmm. ev- version that Evan is pointing out doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And then we go into what I think is the most unhinged <laughs> song. <laughs> and also my least favorite. Yeah. Where um, Evan is confessing his love to Zoe through the voice of her dead brother. It's it's not good. It's really not good. It doesn't matter what format you watch it in. It's just always cringe. So bad. So bad. So bad. And he's telling her about all these things that Ev- that Connor apparently noticed about her and how he actually did want to talk to her, but he didn't know how because they were a million miles away. And through the entire song, uh, Zoe just keeps asking, like, but what? <laughs> it makes no sense to her. She has a thousand questions. And then he ends up just basically saying all the things that he was crushing on her for. It's very bizarre. Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Which, to me, ties a bow around uh, a couple of things. One, that Evan has gone full villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's ascending <laughs> into his villain era. He, he's, he, he's being fed so much by this attention and by this just chance to have everything he ever wanted. He's gone full villain mode. Um, this, I, I think he plays both the primary antagonist and primary protagonist mm. in this in this show. And this is his primary antagonist moment of um, 
gaslighting Zoe into loving him. Yeah. Which is so gross. So bad. And then I also think it highlights how at this point of the musical, we have completely forgotten that Connor was a person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like a background character in a movie that he's starring in. Mm-hmm. And Evan's kind of just writing him in as an extra. Mm-hmm. It's so wrong in so many ways. Especially after I feel like Zoe's coming out of a moment where she was very strongly saying, I don't have the same opinion as anybody, but even in this moment where I'm emotionally at risk because I'm going to go against my family and everyone else, I'm going to say how I feel genuinely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think gaslighting is the perfect word of how this like shifts things. And I get mad and sad that she gets so sucked into it, but also Evan is kind of coming in full force with it. And so, yeah, I think the villain era is definitely starting with the song. And also, do you think part of why this finally worked for, um, of someone finally being able to convince Zoe that Connor wasn't completely awful is because she wanted in some ways to think that her brother wasn't a supervillain. Yeah, but what comes to mind more than that is she wanted to be close to him. That's part of the anger is she was hurt that she was never close to her brother. So that's where I feel like it's like a manipulation that I don't even think that Evan realizes consciously he's good at when he comes in and says all these things Mm -hmm. that oh, your brother noticed these little things about you. Mm-hmm. That is like a version, that's like Zoe's a version of what her mom kind of craved mm-hmm. was some, you know, reassurance, some comfort. Mm-hmm. Mom wanted that. Zoe wanted connection. And to be seen, in part, that would be feeling connection to him, closer to him, to be seen by her brother. Evan just spoon fed her throughout this whole song. All these little moments that, you know, he wasn't comfortable to share with you, but he told me. I mean, that is so messed up Mm -hmm. because that is skewing her very firm belief that he never cared about her, Mm -hmm. that he actively didn't care, that he was, you know, abusive to her. And which probably was true. Yeah, right, right. We, We get every impression that that was true, but also there's stuff that makes no sense. Genuinely, I think the only reason she believed it is. She did want that with him. Mm-hmm. I think it's confusing at first when he starts singing because it makes no sense because she never had that relationship with him. But just like the like her mom, it was confusing at first. But then once you had the end, it's like she got hooked. And it was like, well, wait, that doesn't make sense either. But she was still open to listen. And he told her enough things that she bought it. And they started to get close because of that. Because she felt like, oh, this is kind of a connection to my brother and things I didn't know is Evan. Mm-hmm. And starts demonstrating just how sweet Evan is. Because mm-hmm. then we go into kind of the climax, uh, the, the the rising climax of the show, um, where they decide they need to do a uh, foundation for mm-hmm. Connor, where they're going to restore the orchard that Kevin, that um, Connor and Evan went to that never happened. But they were going to restore <laughs> that orchard uh, for them to make that memory that never happened be more <laughs> alive. Um mm-hmm. And then we meet um, a- another character who is a classmate of all of them, Alana, and she proposes this idea because she feels that people are for- are starting to forget Connor. Mm. If, and but the way she presents it again 
points out that we're not actually caring about Connor. She points out that everyone had been being nice to each other mm-hmm. since Connor's death. That people had people that had never talked to her before ever were talking to her now. And mm-hmm. because of that, they need to keep Connor's air quotes, I'm air quoting, mm-hmm. um, memory alive. Which starts to lead us towards the song that probably is the most famous song mm-hmm. of um, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, you Will Not Be Alone. Or I forget what the actual title is. What's the actual mm-hmm. title of the song? Let me Google it. Googling. Um, you're not thinking of You'll Be Found, are you? You'll Be Found. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You Will Be Found. Um, which is an interesting song. And I'm curious. I can't wait to hear your opinions about this song. So many opinions. Um, but it's interesting to me in that it's... A rehash of Evan lying to himself that someone came and saved him, Mm. but longer. (laughs) And now telling other people something that he fundamentally does not believe, but is portraying to other people that you don't have to be alone. You're not actually alone and that someone will come find you when that didn't happen. That did not happen to him. And I don't think he actually believes it. No, it's like he becomes, um, you know, like some, it's a stereotype, but some car sales people, right? Like they're just, they'll say anything to sell that car. He becomes that for hope. It just comes off as um, a little bit like clickbaity, very sort of social media, like, I don't know. Almost like um has a f- air of a guru mm-hmm. with false promises, mm-hmm. and it, but it's packaged so nicely. And the thing I have so many opinions about this song because it's such a beautiful song and it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. But that's part of what makes it so cringy in its own way and so sad is he is packaging up this hope, and it's just something that people crave so much that they want to hear it and believe it. And it's like very easy for them to believe, but yeah, he's never believed that in his life. He's never lived that life where he actually would listen to a song like that from someone else and Mm -hmm. actually buy it. Mm -hmm. That's not been the Mm -hmm. life he's lived. That's not what Connor experienced. That's not what anyone experiences, but they want to, they want to so bad, so bad. And he's so at this point, I think because he's in this full blown, um, uh, villain era is Mm -hmm. so, dependent on this thing of being seen by people being heard by people of having his voice matter and all this stuff that he is deluding himself into thinking well yeah i mean if (laughs) we weren't all alone (laughs) then this (laughs) would happen Mm -hmm. but it it didn't and in every case that that we have seen thus far of someone in the show the exact opposite has happened that they were alone that no one, that no one, no one cared at all. Mm. Connor, Evan, Zoe, no one cares. No one cares. And even when people come in all together, right? Like, so like that song is recorded. He's on stage. He's, you know, the song comes up. It's, it goes viral. Everybody's clicking on it online. Everyone's talking about it, sharing it. And the irony, and I think it's like such a core song and pivotal moment of the whole story and central to the main theme of like that feeling of being alone and hopeless and helpless 
people are all like looking at the stuff individually. Like they're alone in their bedrooms. They are talking to each other, but not in person. Like no one's actually connecting over this thought and this song, mm-hmm. which again is like very, very beautiful. And I love the chorus and it's just very well done. But mm-hmm. like the actual impact of it, everyone's still where they started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing's actually changing it just feels good and it's like this thing that they want but they can't have and that's i think why it's so sad yeah to me this is how this is the moment that dear evan hansen becomes art mm-hmm. it's turned into full-blown satire mm-hmm. of selling someone something you don't believe in Mm-mm. but reaping the benefit yeah of having con- air quotes connection because as we'll see um, in a bit, this all crumbles down. It falls into nothingness. And we start seeing the consequences of this. And a major one being, Connor is completely forgotten Yeah. in all of this. We've lost the plot completely. Completely lost it. Yeah. Completely lost it. So before we go into the falling action of this and how um, this all works out for Evan, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. So we're going to now begin what we have affectionately named um, the fall of Evan Hmm. part of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is really where we start seeing that Evan's going to face consequences due to his villain era and how quickly this falls apart. Because up until this part, like, most of the musical has been this other stuff. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of it has been this other stuff. Living the lie. And now it all starts collapsing. Mm -hmm. And it starts with um, Alana deciding that they need to release Connor's suicide note. I just can't with that. (laughs) I just, ugh. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's it's gross in a way that's hard to put words to. And I think what's even grosser to me is the her justification of people are forgetting Connor and we need them to feel something. And the fact that even as much as we're not defending Evan, this is not an Evan Defense podcast, mm-hmm. um, Evan does say don't release it. Yep. He at least knows better to not do that. Meanwhile, we're actually just trying to fundraise more money and get the push to the final number on the fundraiser. So don't play that that is actually what you're trying to do. You are just trying to make money, pull those heartstrings, and you are saying something that sounds nice. Again, Mm -hmm. so much of this is just like, let's just have things sound nice and feel nice. And really, we're just out for what we want. Mm-hmm. So we can say we hit the number mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she can have that satisfaction and put them on the college, you know, applications and all that kind of stuff. It's not about Connor. It's which, not about anyone else. Which is good you bring up is that's the insinuated motivation for Alana mm-hmm. is that she just wants to get into a good college mm-hmm. and this will look great Yep, on her application. Um, so due to this, there are consequences um, the the major one being that we see is that um, the entire Murphy family starts getting cyberbullied. Mm. 
Um, and the cool thing about what I think the show did about this part was they started um, playing all these really mean things people are saying about the Murphys over the music for um, You Will Not Be, I mean, You Will Be Found. Mm-hmm. So you have these two juxtapositions of this song that's saying you will not be alone, open up, people will take care of you with cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the, the vi- virality of things online can go either direction. And they can coincide very close in time. It was really, in terms of timeline of days or weeks, it was not that long after that song was released online and it went viral to the reality that you're speaking of. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, people turning on the family and saying awful things when they were being so supportive mm-hmm. a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this escalates. Oh, but we did forget an important part to, to point out before before this happens is um, Evan's mom mm. meets the Murphys. Oh, boy. <laughs> that did not go well. No. Not at all. Um, it was, a, oh, God, it was wonderful in that <laughs> Evan had, in so many ways, insinuated to Zoe that he didn't have enough money to go to college. And that he was going to have to do all of these um, applications and scholarships and whatever to try to be able to afford to go. So the Murphys invite his mother over and proceed to offer Connor's college fund to Evan. And I love the beautiful absurdity of what's happening in this in this moment. Because in on one hand, you have, on the surface, and I think this is what this musical does so well, if you look at the surface, it mm-hmm. looks good. Mm-hmm. And if you go underneath it, you see what's happening. Mm-hmm. On the surface, the Murphys being super supportive and being like, hey, we want to make sure you can go to college because we love you and we care for you. Drop a layer underneath it. They have literally replaced Evan, mm. replaced Connor, with Evan. With Evan. Yeah. Mm. Another layer of unhinged. There's so many in this story. Mm-hmm. I feel for Evan's mom. That was such a hard dinner. You can tell she feels like an outsider. You can tell she feels uncomfortable. Um, it's just apparent to her right away that she is not in their social class and not in their social world does not have access to the things they do. So she's pretty offended when the family says, hey, we you know, hear that money is, is really not a thing for you when it comes to, you know, putting Evan through college. And we want to help, you know, and they're coming from this kind-hearted place and they, they think that they're just doing something good. And uh, it doesn't go so well. It doesn't go well at all. does not. It does not. And it leads to this huge moment between Evan and his mother. Mm-hmm. Which I think we noticed um, between watching the movie and the musical, different energies mm-hmm. of what happened in that scene um, between the two formats. And that I felt the movie really laid it on that his mother was hurt, mm-hmm. wounded, disappointed. Um, 
and it has this line that well they both have the line but the lines are, are different where evan uh his mother is saying well it's not my fault that i can't give you the life that these people can give you mm. and evan's response being it's not my fault that other people can mm. yeah to which in the movie they do this all outside of the murphy's house on the street outside of evan's mom's car and then she just goes back to work mm -hmm. a after all this um which is different than the musical which goes um differently and uh, show how that goes there yeah so in the musical i feel like instead of that more like hurt and let me just get out of here and then we'll talk by my car in the musical it was visibly and vocally angry of you know we n i might not have much money but i have money and i can take care of him and if i can't cover it all he is grown enough to find some other means like we don't need this i didn't ask for this I don't need you to offer this. I don't even know why this is happening. So anger. And I feel like there was a glimpse of that in the movie, but it was much more about being hurt and then, and just more passive. I think that in the musical, mom was fiery and strong and very much um, unapologetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it leads to another significant difference between the movie and the musical in that after this happens, in the musical it leads into a song mm -hmm. um that encapsulates the fall of evan mm. where all the people around him that have now started noticing that this not it isn't right where mm -hmm. um alana has figured out that they probably weren't friends <laughs> actually his mother is furious at him jared feels that um used mm. um and not appreciated um, and the song basically is asking Evan, well, are you happy with what you have? Are you happy with what you, you've resulted? You, you are sowing what you, mm. you're reaping what you sowed. Are you happy about this? Meanwhile, the movie quickly moves into Evan deciding that he can't maintain the charade anymore. Um, which version do you like better? Hmm. It's interesting because this part of the plot and the storyline, I keep thinking about the movie where Ben Platt is singing Words Fail and there's nothing quite like it. I think, honestly, it's because there's no one quite like Ben Platt and like the first time that I saw him sing that song and the way that he sings it, it just captures that like despair and that brokenness. So I'm biased towards the way that it's presented and how that all falls apart in the film. I think it's very dramatic, but very appropriate for, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I have bit off so much more than I can chew. And it just brings it back to reality of this is a kid who's lost and ultimately alone still and doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really like, as painful as it is to watch it, and I just remember there's nothing like that first time we watched it in the movie theater, that scene. I just, it's so well done. But mm -hmm. what about you? Do you prefer the way the film presents that? 
or the musical? I think I actually do slightly prefer the musical. Mm -hmm. And here's why. I think without the context of everyone being absolutely furious Mm. at Evan and everyone being like, this is, you've done too much. Mm. We can't deal with this anymore. I think it dilutes a little bit of the idea that Evan doesn't actually get away with this. Aha, uh-huh. good point. As I, my my interpretation of, of one of the reasons why I think people didn't like the movie, if they've never seen the musical, is that there's the movie. It can be interpreted in a way that he apologized mm. and life moved on. Right. Whereas I think um, in the musical that song um really demonstrates that no Mm -hmm. no like i think good for you does a good job of being like yeah you messed up evan that's true that was missing from the movie so maybe it did seem more watered down like what the consequences were i think the emotion in words fail was like so intense in the movie but yeah it was missing a lot of those reactions we just mm-hmm. didn't see them because mm-hmm. the movie has a runtime and just different choices were made mm-hmm. so i think that is an important piece because that is a consequence of people saying number one this makes no sense but number two you you messed up and like there's there's like a price to pay socially mm-hmm. and you brought up words fail mm-hmm. which is the climax of the falling action mm-hmm. of of the, of it, and it's such an uh, awkward <laughs> kind of painful scene. Yeah, <laughs> to witness. It's almost like we, you know, it's like an open mic night, and someone is doing a monologue that they just wrote like five minutes ago. It's so haphazard, but so Evan. Because that is just actually Evan's internal world. And he's like, why the Mm -hmm. title of the song is Words Fail? Because they often do fail Mm -hmm. (laughs) when Evan tries to communicate things. Mm -hmm. He struggles. And it highlights also, it's an interesting callback to the very beginning Mm -hmm. where he's actually trying to tell Connor's parents that he, that this letter was not from Evan. Mm-hmm. He not from Connor. He even says like, "No, no, no. This isn't what you think it is." Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's two parts of the song that I find very interesting. Um, one part is a lyric where he says, "I guess I thought I could be part of this. I never mm-hmm. had this kind of thing before. I never had that perfect girl mm-hmm. who somehow could see the good part of me." Hmm. I think it highlights the thing that we've been saying. Evan got sucked into this experience of having all of these things that he never thought he would have, that he never thought he could have access to. Mm-hmm. While he also, and I and I truly think at the beginning, thought he was doing this for the Murphys. Yeah. He did. And he says, you know, he didn't want it to be such a mess. And it was a mess. I think one one line from that song that really I think is so sad is this was just a sad invention. It was. The whole thing was just a sad invention. This Mm -hmm. relationship 
all these details, this whole like part of his life that never existed. And, and then it ends with all I ever do is run. You know, I think it's so interesting because as messy as this is, and as much as words do fail him, he's being vulnerable. And, and actually I feel like in his own way, trying to take accountability, which I think also when people kind of come for the movie, they don't see Evan as ever doing that ever. And I would disagree. Uh, I think that that's incorrect. I don't think he sometimes does a great job at it, mm -hmm. or maybe he could have, you know, just never done this in the first place. And, um, and I think some of these lyrics show that, that he is trying mm -hmm. in a moment where, especially as you pointed out in the musical, people are really coming at him. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. difficult to do, mm -hmm. for sure. And this leads us to, um, and, and I guess a, a key point too, is that the ending of the movie and the ending of the musical deviate pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. They go very different routes. Um, so from here on out, uh, we'll, while we're talking about it, we're going to be splitting the two differences. But mm -hmm. yeah, the... Yeah, so just uh, being aware. <laughs> um, so in the movie, um, the this leads him to revealing, as he's running um, through the forest by himself, that he did not fall from a tree. Mm -hmm. That in fact, it was a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is poetic in mm -hmm. that the reveal happens and mm -hmm. he's alone again. Mm -hmm. Once again... He's alone by himself. No one's coming to help him. No yeah. one's coming to get him. He's alone. Yeah. So many points he's been alone. Home alone. Mom's working all the time. You know, that attempt alone when he fell. Lied to mom about it, right? There's um, so many examples on this timeline before the storyline even started. That's where it started um, with that attempt. So he, yeah, he's ending up right back where he started, but worse off because now he's got some enemies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before he didn't have that. Mm -hmm. He didn't have anybody, mm -hmm. but he didn't have enemies because he didn't feel like he was on anyone's radar or existed. Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly that in the movie, I like that. I like that they have that component of talking about um, the attempt. I think it's really important. I miss that from the musical. I don't like that they didn't include that. And also, I feel like that could have been a powerful thing to show on stage mm -hmm. uh, and really would have brought a lot of emotion to it. And it's it's a theme that runs through, um, I think, the storyline. But it's it's kind of, I think we're missing a lot not having it in there. But what do you think? Yeah, the the musical does it differently in that it's it does it's not given its own highlight. Mm -hmm. It happens as he's doing the final song with his mother, where in the lead up to the song he makes a comment about how if you had known what I had done, you mm -hmm. wouldn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And but but in the musical, there's also a song that happens uh, before this before um he goes and talks to his mom where Connor reappears. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't happen in the, in the musical, I mean, in the movie, you don't see Connor ever again after the in unhinged song about making up the emails. <laughs> but in the musical, um, Connor appears and does this really chilling line, which I, I find mm -hmm. amazing of, 
um, you can't let this go. You can't even be honest with yourself about what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And then Connor proceeds, well, yeah. ghost Connor, who only exists in, in Evan's head, proceeds to push Evan of like, what happened, Evan? Mm-hmm. What happened? Tell me what happened. And then he uses his song from For Forever at the beginning where the where the delusion started, mm-hmm. sings that back to Evan about how Connor came and saved him and says, but what really happened, Evan? Mm-hmm. It is very haunting. I feel like it's cool that they have Connor interact with him in that way in the musical because he's just haunted in that way by Connor. And I think that it just comes off as he's not really thinking of Connor at all in the film. So I think there's pros and cons. I just, I, there's something about the way that they actually showed it in the movie where it just hits me more emotionally. Mm-hmm. I think it depends mm-hmm. on, on kind of your desire for Evan in that moment. Mm. If you desire for him to have a realization that, hey, buddy, you were alone this entire time. Yeah. And you're going to have to learn how to make connections. I think the movie speaks more to that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see Evan have consequences. Yeah. You the go musical. more the musical. Right. Um, I think they both do it great. Mm. It just depends on exactly what you're wanting to see in that space yeah i think i prefer the way the movie did it because i felt like seeing that versus hearing about it or sort of like the way that connor kind of poked around of like hey admit it like you can't like actually face this thing the way that he's running through the woods like i just think the way that it was acted out in the movie it was so evan Mm-hmm. It was so messy and convoluted and like just the way he was running and kind of stumbling around was just, he's just a lost kid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think it helps us understand more of just where he was at, but I'm also a visual person and I kind of, that visual really stuck with me of, oh wow, Evan feels so different than Connor and everyone feels so different, but like they were really similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it does really harken back to where Evan was when this all started. Mm-hmm. Is he ended up in the exact same place? Yeah, and I think that that's so interesting. Really good, really masterful the way they did that. Yeah, they did. Um. So, and then they really split <laughs> on how they actually end. Yeah. So the musical ends with. Basically, he goes to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except not really. He takes he takes a break as yeah. they go to college. But it ends with him and Zoe meeting in the orchard and having a discussion about how he realizes that he messed up. Mm-hmm. And she says, you did. Yep. Yeah. I feel like in both the musical and the movie format, we get a sense that there are consequences. It's just a different flavor. I wasn't exactly as satisfied with the ending of the musical. I felt like some things were missing. It it just seemed a little, I don't know why, idealistic, kind of like not as, um, yeah, I don't know. It, It seemed interestingly, I think I expected the opposite. Mm-hmm. For me, that the musical would have left me with this sense of like, gosh, you know, he like still has a far way to go. He's not doing well. He's had consequences. 
But I got that a little bit more from the movie. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. the movie ends um, with a whole extra thing <laughs> that happens that doesn't happen in the musical where Evan goes through this scene, the like, series, where he is learning about Connor. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the place where Connor did rehab. He finds out that Connor had a favorite book list and reads all the books. And then he finds out that Connor wrote music. Yeah. And he finds a recording of this and doesn't go, but mails jump drives mm-hmm. to um, Zoe, uh, the Murphys, um, Jared, Alana, and of the song. So they all get to hear this song, which is Connor explaining how he doesn't feel Mm. like he belongs anywhere Mm -hmm. or connected. And you see, and I think the the thing that sticks out to me the most is um, Amy Adams, who's playing Cynthia, Connor's mother. I think that's the time that she's actually allowing, allowed to see who Connor was Mm. throughout all the pain. And it re-centers the story around Connor for this little ending tidbit. Mm-hmm. It's true. And at least, you know, that's there because that was so missing from the rest of the storyline of who's actually caring about Connor and bringing it back to him. It seems like it's a movie about him and the fact that he died by suicide and it's really not. Um, and it is all at once. It's it's very interesting. I think maybe I'm realizing part of why I like the film is it shows that Evan is at least trying in his own way to repair, which I don't think he's ever had to do, ever been in a position in any kind of relationship to even try to make things right or do something that, you know, he feels like is just a better way to do things. Like, let me actually get to know this person. I wanted to get to know people. I never felt like I could get to know Connor, but... I actually can do something. And I think that that is also a consequence because if you mess up, you have to do some work. There has to be some action of something you do that involves your time and labor and energy to make something right or to become a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where I also don't understand this perspective of, oh, there weren't any consequences. There were several, and I think they just look different. Mm-hmm. They're interpersonal. Yeah. And a lot of them are going to only be obvious to Evan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think that makes it mm. difficult for people to kind of sometimes really dig into that of like, yeah, yeah like Evan didn't die. He didn't mm-hmm. go to jail. Nothing like right. that happened. But he literally ends up in the exact same place that he started. True. What about the prison of the mind, though? You know, socially, he's been (laughs) really thirsty for a long time, and he has not... Yeah, he's suffered in that way, you Mm -hmm. know? And I know that, you know, in our society, there are different things at scale in terms of what what should a punishment be. But I feel like he has suffered in his own way a lot. Has he also Mm -hmm. been a villain? Yes. So, you know, what is, is... what is the crime and does the punif- punishment fit the crime? I feel like he's had a lot of consequences along the way and he kind of rode that wave of social inness with the family and like 
being on the inside, but ultimately, yeah, he ended up right where he started and he had some extra things that he had to navigate. Mm -hmm. Will it help him in the long run? Sure. So I think it'll serve him well, but not where we leave the story. No, no, just no. where we leave the story. He's, he's in pain. Yeah. He hurts and he, and he knows that he hurt people mm -hmm. and... Yes. If, if if there's a, cl a clue that he's out of his villain phase, it's that. Yes. That he's noticed that this hurt people mm -hmm. and I shouldn't have done it. That doesn't change what he did at all. Mm -hmm. But that's that's kind of where it ends. Yeah. And that ends the story for Dear mm -hmm. Hansen. Um So what are your thoughts? What are your what are your, what's your message? What's your, what's your takeaway from, from this? I think one of my takeaways is that as different as we may think we are in this movie and the musical, there are so many different people from different worlds, different ages, gender, socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter. We all hate <laughs> being alone and we will do anything to get relief from painful emotions. And we're social creatures. We want to feel connected. And we will do some pretty creative things mm -hmm. to get that need met. Mm -hmm. And especially when we are younger, you know, most of the people in this story are high schoolers. I'm trying to think back uh, 5,000 years ago to when I was in high school. It is such a minefield to just try to make a friend and to keep a friendship. So I think there's a lot of emotion and drama in this story because of those realities. And I think that as much as we feel like we're so different from one another, we really just want to be loved and seen and heard. And there's nothing more painful than being invisible. Mm -hmm. That like hit me like a ton of bricks so many times in just watching how this, how these actors captured that. And how sometimes we will even just buy the fantasy and the delusion because it makes it a little less painful mm -hmm. to feel alone mm -hmm. or, or unseen. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I, I take very much similar a way of like you, one, I see this as a social consequence mm -hmm. of if you allow someone to get to the point where they feel so unseen they're not even sure they've ever made a sound. Mm -hmm. The second you give them an option to not do that, this is what happens. You yeah. you, you produce an Evan Hansen. Mm. And I think what it demonstrates for Evan is that if he was able to apply any of those things that he said that he had could do like he was describing to uh connor in the emails or talking to uh jared he could do this he could be more than he ever thought he could be but he's so down on himself and yeah. so discouraged by just everyone around him that that just probably never crossed his mind and my hope for Evan, if he was a real person, hmm. would be that he was able to reflect on that and notice, wait a second, 
I did the things. Mm-hmm. It just took a very different route. So if I can just do that now, then maybe it'll be better. Like maybe it'll, I can find my people. I can connect with people. So yeah, I, I, I leave the musical with the, I, with feeling grateful for the, for the writers for mm. taking it in such a layered approach mm-hmm. of you've got to dig a few layers deeper to understand what's happening. And I think it's a metaphor for people. You got to dig a few layers yeah. deeper to actually see what's, what's happening there. And, and to your point, not just the way you see the world through your friendships or your relationships, your relationship with yourself is a relationship. And I think that's what was so missing is that Evan felt so far away from himself because all of his validation, all of his self-worth came from everybody else. But what about, and that's my hope for him if he was a real person, is like, what about how you feel about yourself? Has any of that changed? Do you see the potential? Do you see how some of this can be turned into something good? Not just for others, but for yourself, because that's how you won't hurt people like this in the future. Mm -hmm. It's how you won't hurt yourself or Mm -hmm. demean yourself for literally no reason, because life is already hard enough. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is actually what we do a lot in life is we talk so much about other people, how they've wronged us, how we feel far away from them, um, how we feel lonely. And there is nothing lonelier than not even knowing who you are Mm -hmm. in any way and not being able to stand your own company. And that is what I feel like was so hard for Evan too. Mm -hmm. He just desperately needed someone to tell him he was okay because there's no way he could tell that to himself. Mm -hmm. Not even a little. Desperately. Just Mm -hmm. just one person to say, and that's what happened. One person Mm -hmm. said, we want to hear you. And there we go. There we go. Signed up right away. Yeah. And before we wrap up, we have we have to bring it into the real world and just ask, what are our opinions about the Ben Platt mm. nepotism scandal? So this wasn't there. even on my radar until you told me about it. It was not on my radar, but you, you had the gossip on it. And I mean, my opinion is very biased because I think that regardless of... Um, that whole scandal, I really feel like Ben Platt was absolutely amazing in the role and was the best person for the job. Are there a lot of other amazing actors? Absolutely. Uh, did we see Ben Platt on stage? No. We went to a musical and it was someone different who was also incredible. But for the movie, I really have thought of other people that could have stepped into that role and it would have not been the same. I think... I think he translated well on screen. That is my opinion. I think he did well in the film. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too distracted by the thing that most people bring up, which is the age difference. Like, oh, he doesn't look like a high schooler. He looks too old for the role. I I didn't find that to be distracting to where it bothered me or took away from my experience. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the scandal and, and also that of, like, people coming for his age? I I found it odd that this was the nepotism scandal that started the nepotism discussion <laughs> of um, Ben Platt. For, for those who are not completely aware of the scandal, um, Ben Platt originated the the role of 
Dear, uh, of Evan Hansen for Dear Evan Hansen. And when there was discussion about it becoming a show, um, Ben Platt's father said that he would only produce the show if Ben was Evan. Mm-hmm. And this triggered a whole bunch of stuff for a lot of people of saying, oh, this is just nepotism and other people can play Evan Hansen and da-da-da and all this stuff. And I agree. I agree with you that, like, of course, other people could do it. But I think there's something different when you originated a role. Mm-hmm. Like, it is you. You are the main character of this. Yeah. Um, for all of the cover art, and we're looking at the playbill for Broadway and Reno, uh, Dear Evan Hansen, this is Ben Platt. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> On the front. Yep. So I don't find that to be as convincing as a reason to not have done it. I think it does launch a whole other conversation about nepotism Mm -hmm. in um the film and music industry which Mm -hmm. stay tuned to that's your opinion and you're wrong for an episode possibly in the future about nepotism in the um uh, music industry shameless plug (laughs) Um, but i don't if he had been bad Mm. i would have been upset about it Mm -hmm. yes that's the thing he did so well and he just fits it just feels right it sounds right it looks right like it just fits so well Mm -hmm. i think it's a it's it's one of those it depends asterisk situations i think nepotism can be inherently problematic for obvious reasons and is this just nepotism and it makes no sense in terms of the artistry i feel like like you said it's not just um the fact that there's the artistry there there is that it makes sense because you are that person in the role like it was it's about you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you carried that torch and now it's just happening in different formats mm-hmm. you know so i think it's one of those maybe rare exceptions i don't think it should be a blanket thing that's okay all the time but right. yeah like that was something that we keep in mind mm-hmm. about but mm-hmm. In this case, I don't know if I support it, but yeah, I'll, I will have more thoughts about this um, in our episode about hypnotism. <laughs> Look out for that. <laughs> so, we did it. We did it. Our very first episode is very exciting. We hope that out there, there are other folks listening who get just as fired up about whatever you're into, whether it's film, music, whatever floats your boat. Uh, we went to watch this movie together as besties and thought, let's just see what this is about. And here we are today. So you never know what you're going to see here, experience that's going to get you fired up. So whatever that is for you, I'm sure we're sure that you have strong opinions about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, in relation to some of the topics talked about today, if you are struggling, if you need support, reach out, um, Mental providers are here to help you. Um, 988 is the new national help number. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I do not want to use a lyric from the, from the musical, you do not have to be alone. You are not alone. I thought the same thing. I was <laughs> I like, am I about I to like, say you are, are not do, alone? Are we doing that? Oh, We're God. doing it. Um, but yes, you are not alone. Um, and reach out. People, people care. Yeah. Hmm. So final thoughts our opinions are correct oh definitely (laughs) indubitably they are correct 
uh, and looking forward to our next episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and even though you were wrong, listeners, we still appreciate you. <laughs> if you have any opinions that you'd like for us to consider and are open to us telling you how maybe you're wrong, please email us at fixmyopinion@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And until next time, a, a biento. biento.